Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 379. You know, I, I hate cupcakes. <laughs> so we don't make cupcakes because I, I don't feel like I put joy in we, We'll make them for weddings, but you know, so do what you love. Do, you know, anything else that's done halfway is just not worth doing. So if you can't put yourself full, fully into something, don't do it. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Toast is a simple restaurant platform only for restaurants that connects the POS system to online ordering, gift cards, loyalty, labor, sales reporting. You get the picture. This sucker is all in one. And recently, Toast received $101 million worth of investment, and they're celebrating by giving away $2 million worth of hardware to new customers who sign up with Toast by the end of September or until supplies last. To get your free hardware, head over to pos.toastab.com slash unstoppable 2017 or click the banner in the show notes. You have to use my links. Have you heard of Watsi, aka the Work Opportunity Tax Credit? Well, Hire Me is a platform that connects amazing employers with amazing hourly workers, and it can hook you up with some Watsi. To learn more, head over to restaurantunstoppable.hireme.com. That's Hire Me, H I G H E R M E. And if you contact Hire Me about Watsi services for a limited time, you will get three free months with their featured hiring software get on it and with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's <laughs> guest jenny peterson jenny are you feeling unstoppable today i am always eric always <laughs> yes so jenny let's where do we start uh, it all began with an easy bake oven from an early age jenny had her hand in whatever her mother was baking she graduated from the cordon bleu cooking school in paris and then interned in one of the most successful bakeries in paris and i told jenny when we got started i'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of this uh of this place in paris you want to go ahead and try to say it for me sure it's boulangerie patisserie <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is on Rue de Courcelles in Paris. There's no way. There was no (laughs) way I was spitting that out. Okay. Upon arriving back to Charlottesville, Jenny worked at her or at the Boar's Head Inn. And then soon after, she continued to pursue her pastry dreams. Uh, Today, she is the chef owner of Paradox Pastry Cafe located in Charlottesville, VA. And a special shout out to our boy, Brooks. Tanner, man, that guy just hooked me up. I cannot say thank you enough for introducing me to so many incredible people. Um, obviously, we're just scraping the surface about who you are, what you're all about. I can't wait to dive deeper. But before we really get to know you, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Take it away. All right. This is a big question. Whenever you want to do anything in life is, are you willing? Ooh. How willing? How willing are you? Are you willing and really dive into that? How does that resonate with you? How does that echo within yourself? Yeah, I found that in in life it's, uh, you know, you decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? And if you can answer those questions for yourself, 
those two specific questions, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to flourish because whatever you're willing to do, you're going to do with full heart, full body. If you're not really willing to do something, oh, you know, just, it's going to cause angst. You're not going to be happy. And, you know, life's too short for that. Yeah. So, uh, willingness is, uh, you know, my mom was always big on that. She would say, um, you know, we, she would ask us to do something and yeah, we would grumble or whatever. And she would say, you know, if, if I know if I said there's a $50 bill down there, you would be more than willing to go after it because it's all about motivation and willingness to do. So she was right. <laughs> what are you willing to do? Are you willing to get that to clean that toilet? No. Are you willing to get that $50 bill out of the bottom of that toilet? And then the answer would be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh, $50 just- bills back then. <laughs> yeah, not now. Not now, Eric. But this was like. 40 years ago, you know. Hey, I would work hard for $50 right now. I don't know what you're talking about, but just for for fun, I I looked up that word willing just to see what the definition is. And it's a ready, eager, or prepared to do something. And I think that, you know, I've, I've, one of the things I've recently started doing because I'm just interested is to, to, to take the literal meaning of words and really pay attention to what words mean. Um, it is fascinating what will happen when you really just define words. And that's a great way to get this thing started. Like one of the things we've learned is when you're doing anything in this industry, you have to have that desire, desire, that want that, that like that willingness, that eagerness to do it because you need to show up full, holy. And if you're not there holy, then you're not going to, you're not going to hack it. You just won't be that's able right. to. Uh, awesome. I love it. So let's get back to your story. Um, it all began with an easy bake oven. I mean, I we might as well start there. So Literally. I don't want to spend the entire conversation about your childhood, but let, let's start there. And when did you know that this was going to be your passion, your, your career? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. My, um, my 99 year old grandmother passed away last year and when she was going through her effects, she, uh, she sent something she had kept for years to my dad. It was, uh, my first recipe. I was six years old and I had written a recipe and my mom sent it to her to keep. And so I always loved baking and my mom was an artist. So whenever we baked, we made them look like we would decorate cookies. So there was always something a little bit more. It wasn't just food. Somehow it was artistically done with colors and um, that kind of thing. So I think my whole life, but my, but the path to get to being a baker was very um, circuitous. It wasn't a straight line by any means, as we all know. Um, But yeah, just over the years I lived in Europe for a long time and, I feel like the whole time I lived there, it was uh, just an exploration of pastry shops and cafes, and I was always fascinated by them, and I spent a lot of time there. So even though I wasn't really on the path to doing what I do now, I I was. Yeah, so I'm curious, what brought you to Europe in the first place? Was it for pastry? Um, When I was in um, seventh grade, I went on a school field trip to Paris, my mom stuck my brother and I on this trip. We, she was getting divorced and um, she wanted to make sure we got to France um, before maybe all the money was gone or something. And um, <laughs> and I remember just sitting there and like, I didn't want to see the Eiffel Tower or anything. I just wanted to go to the pastry shops because they were so beautiful. Oh man! And then um, just kind of bought, went to school in France when I was in um, college and um, eventually married my ex-husband who was in the military. And we spent a lot of time in Germany and France okay. and traveling. So, yeah, it was, it was perfect. It was meant to be. Okay. It was all part of the So I guess let me ask you this. When did the desire to pursue pastry as a career really come into frame for you? When did you commit to this as a career? 
Yeah, that's a really good, that's a great question. Um, way, way too late in my life, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I was in France, I was in Paris. I knew I was going to get a divorce. We were kind of in the process. And um, my friend Shannon said to me, Jenny, you need to go to the Cordon Bleu. Because I, I still was toying with having a bakery. And she said, I feel like that's going to give you the, um, the stamp of approval that you need. Um, I don't think people necessarily need that. Like, it's just a grunt work, but the opportunity was there was living in Paris. So I did. I went to Cordon Bleu for pastry only. And um, that, I do think that was what I needed, the extra little oomph to, you know, can, to pursue it more professionally. So was it just um, for yourself, like the stamp of approval for yourself? So you like self-validation, like I am No, I mean, I think or? there is. No, yeah, I think there's, I think there's something to that. I know that we all, all chefs go through, you know, the daily grind. It's, it's more about surviving the daily grind than it is about anything else. Um, that's something I already had. I, yeah, I think I kind of was there in Paris and it was something that was a, an incredible opportunity that had I not done, I would have kicked myself later. It was a rather expensive opportunity, but, um, <laughs> It was worth it. It was an extraordinary experience, the chefs and everybody. And um, it does give you a little, um, God, I don't know what the word is for it. Validation? Uh, maybe or, a, or, validation to some extent, but it was worth it. It was, you know, 14 people and incredible chefs, and they put you through the ringer. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that was, I, somehow I did need to do that. So you graduated. But I don't think and I graduated. came back to Charlottesville. Yeah. And yeah. were you, were, was there any sense of intentionality at this point or were you just looking to get experience? Like when yeah. did, okay, go ahead. Yeah. When I, when I finished Cordon Bleu and I opened a, uh, went to work for the, for Josephine and Loisic, who's the chef that owned the bakery, you know, he kept telling me, kind of pushing me toward not doing it. And he said, you know, Jenny, it, it's hard. And he kept pushing me not to do it. And I guess he saw the fire in my eyes one day. Cause I came right back at him in my very not great French, but I got my point across. And the next day he said, buzzy, Jenny, buzzy, which means go for it. So he what said, was your he said point? I saw the fire. Let's take us through he that said, conversation. Well, what, what did you well, say back in, in your best attempt to remember exactly what your argument I was? I remember exactly what was said. He said, he kind of, it was a little bit of a place. He was placating a little bit. He's like, okay, you're nice little housewife, you know? And, uh, um, but you know, this is a really hard business and he was, and I'm, you know, I'm a fiery redhead from West Virginia, man. <laughs> I got enough redneck in me, whatever. Else. And I just sat there listening to him and I did feel that I was a woman and he was certainly telling me I wasn't going to be able to hack it. And I came back at him and I said, you, you know what? You haven't, you don't know me enough, well enough to make that assumption. You've seen my work here. And, and I said, I work hard and I will do this whether you think I can or not, <laughs> it will happen. And the next day he said, I saw the fire in your eyes. He said, go for it. Awesome. And to this day, um, we're very, we're still very good friends. He sells my chocolate chip cookies in his bakery in Paris. Wow. You ever go to his bakery? Les cookies to Jenny are in the <laughs> hilarious. So that's my claim to fame is my cookies are in a bakery in Paris. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. so you, you come back, um, you working at the Boris Head Inn? Uh, what? Why that job? Was that a stepping stone for you? Was it just the job that you got, or take us it, through that? Yes, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, so years ago, we were coming back from um, DC back to Georgia, and we got we came through Charlottesville, 
never been here before, and we got diverted. And somehow we ended up driving past the Boar's Head Inn, which I've never heard of in my entire life. And we're driving by, and all of a sudden, I have this flash, and I, I hear this boy, I hear myself saying, I'm going to work there someday. Okay, I've never heard of this place in my life. I have no idea I'm ever going to live in Charlottesville. We're going to Georgia. So um, fast forward, you know, I don't know, 10 years later, 12 years later, we find out we're uh, my ex-husband's military and he's going to be stationed here in Charlottesville. And um, I just, uh, I don't know, for some reason I said, well, I guess I'm supposed to work at the boy's head. And I went to work there, got a job there. And um, I looked at it as an extended internship of Cordon Bleu. I, I learned quickly that uh, working in the basement of a hotel wasn't where I was supposed to be. Yeah, and, why? Um, went back. Um, you don't have any, there's no freedom for creativity or um, I learned great. The production was great. So that was an aspect that I um, appreciated with, you know, learning larger quantity and um, how to deal with other workers who maybe aren't as, <laughs> as motivated or um, as you are to work hard and fast and uh, that kind of thing. So that was good. That was a good experience. But then I, I knew I had to get out and meet the people in Charlottesville. So I went back into personal training so that I could um, kind of learn, you know, meet the people of town and um, started building my business from my home at that point and taking goodies to all the fitness people. <laughs> <laughs> so how much time did you spend away from uh, pastry before you got back into it? I didn't. I did both. Okay. So I had somebody shoot me, but I basically was building the pastry business while I was um, supporting myself with training, um, meeting the people. So it was very, very um, conscientious. I mean, it was, cali- you know, what is the word I'm looking for? Um when you intentionally do something, it was intentional, calculated. Okay. I thought, so, you know, I'd get these clients and, um, Hey, I can make a cake for that. Or I can do this. Or I can do it. So, you know, you, you, you put it out there, you do a lot of free stuff. Mm-hmm. You lot, you do a lot of free stuff. You do a lot of, um, stuff that you put more work into than you charge for, but it's, it's, it's how you build your business. You know, a lot of people think you just go, Hey, I'm going to go and do this. Well, maybe not. You know, you have to, I think um, most businesses succeed because of relationships more than, or at least small business, I shouldn't say that. Um, small, intimate restaurants like I have, you know, building the relationships in the community. Yeah. So I'm taking some notes up to this point, Jenny, and some things I, I really like about your story uh, is that sometimes we need to take that job before we pursue our own vision, our own dreams to learn things that aren't so glamorous for you. It was the production. There's always going to be a lesson that you're going to learn something that you didn't consider uh, taking the, the less glamorous job. So do yourself that, that justice of getting the experience, taking the less glamorous jobs, it, it, it will pay off. And I love um, the calculated approach you took to getting out there. Uh, you had the extra, you know, the side hustle, the extra stream of revenue, but at the same time, <laughs> Jenny's cat is crawling all over <laughs> right now. We're talking. She's gone. She's gone now. Uh, <laughs> She's on the floor. Sorry about it's that. Okay. Uh, at the same time uh, that, um, getting being a part of the community and getting yourself out there and building relationships and networks. Like it's not going to happen overnight. You need to start scaling this thing. And it starts by building relationships, getting involved and being present. And my roommate is actually going through this right now. She's a baker and uh, she does cakes for like half price free. She's just getting herself out there and she's working for other 
restaurants and other places learning the business. She has dreams of opening her own place. But when that time comes, she's going to have that foundation, that, that baseline of people just from being, she's an implant. She's from Florida. She's not from New Hampshire. She doesn't know everybody. So she's going to get out there, you know, um, want to reflect on what I shared. Sorry. That was a little long winded. <laughs> no, it's guys in here. I'm listening. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, but you do, you have to, um, I think there's a lot of impatience, you know, someone is at their house and they make, uh, a really good pie and their friends start telling them, Oh, you should open a store. You should do this for a living. And it's just such a, you know, it's a great idea, but there's so much more to it than that. And it's like, okay, yes, you can make a lovely pie. Can you make 150 exceptionally lovely pies at the same time? And bounce, uh, you know, your checkbook and make sure your employees are happy and make sure that the place is clean and make sure that everything's running the way it's supposed. It's, it reminds me of the (laughs) e-myth. I don't know if you ever read that book. Totally. (laughs) Just the other day we were, um, what was it? What was it? Monday, Tuesday. Oh my gosh. We had, um, the energy company, Dominion energy, but that's in doing these upgrades that they've got this program now. So they're in there working. Then we have somebody else working on the HVAC that came in. And then we have some of our dishwasher went out. We had like three sets of workers in there at the same time, you know, and the dishes are piling up because we're, but you just go about your business. is <laughs> what it is. Do everything else around. We're tripping over these guys and their, their cords and stuff. But yeah, you're right. It's, those are the things no one ever mm-hmm. thinks about. It's more ever. than bacon pies. <laughs> I thought you think that's bacon. I'm going to make pies. And we had a lady <laughs> yeah. talked to Who's talking this morning? She goes, Oh, I'm going to retire from teaching next year. And I, I would love to get a fun job like this. <laughs> it can be and fun though. It's not all like misery. Yeah, well, we, have a, <laughs> we have an open bakery. So we're open. Yeah. We're in the middle of it all. Totally open. It's a really cool place. We love it. Um, so we do have fun. Yeah. And we make it look easy, but we are busting our butts. Mm you know, constantly. I want to get there. I want, I want to work into the evolution of paradox pastry, but first right, I, I want to get one major lesson aside from the, you learn the productive, the productivity. What was a big mm-hmm. takeaway that was worth your time working at the boar's head? And uh, what was a big lesson you got from that experience you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I think that's a good question too. Um, well, to make it fun, because it wasn't, and, and I think I saw there where people were going to work. And that was really all they were doing. They were checking the block, a lot of them. Um, and, it, and there wasn't a lot of teamwork. So, you know, I, I learned that one person can't do it all. And then if there's not an even um, willingness to work together, if some people are less willing, then there's going to be a breakdown mm-hmm. in the process. You're going to get, people are going to get angry. Other people are, you know, so that there was, um, there was some of that, that it wasn't quite as joyful as it could have been. I mean, you can work your butt off, but if, if everybody's, um, being full hearted about it and willing about it, it's not going to be ugly. Yeah. I'm going to get ugly. And that's a, that's a good point. We learn a lot of things that we, as far as for you, the example, again, productivity or, or I think was it productivity. Yeah. Like the, the volume in doing mm-hmm. all those things, mm-hmm. but at the same time working for different people, you also learn a lot about what you don't want to be. Uh, you take those, those negative things that you don't want to be in that, you know, you, you set those standards for yourself <laughs> the cats back for more. Um, As a different one. <laughs> great, great point. So when did the vision for paradox pastry first come in to frame for you? Take us through, 
uh, the process from vision to actual, Hey, this is a real thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it was a process again to your, you know, earlier suggestion. So I've always loved baking since the time I was a child and that idea of having a bakery never, ever left. It was always present in one form or another, um, you know, things progressed and that was a long time ago, <laughs> but you know, as I've gone through, you know, we, we, started getting more into food has come to the American, the forefront of the American scene to standard that we've never seen before. I mean, with the TV. Uh, so, you know, always been like Martha Stewart gets to be really big. And, you know, I always was a very good entertainer. We, because I wanted to be like that, that space where you bring people in and you, you enjoy that. So that added to it. And then, um, you know, I went to Cordon Bleu. Uh, at Cordon Bleu, I knew at that point, I'm going to do this always knew that it had to be very community oriented, did not want to be in the back room working while everybody else was out in front enjoying themselves. I knew it had to be at my mom's kitchen where everybody was in talking to you while you're baking. Um, so, and we know everybody that comes in the shop. And so, you know, I knew it had to be like that. Um, and, and stuck to that vision of it being part of a community. So when I moved to um, Charlottesville, I knew I was going to do it, but I'm a, I'm a, steady person I'm not very um you know I'm not I don't do things like impetuously I'm very very um strategic I take I'm a strategic risk taker okay you know I'm not if people are like you're very risk oriented I'm like I am but it's strategically risk oriented which is a whole different story <laughs> yeah. you know you know when to jump you know when to go but you also know so I just um kept working with the personal training building the bakery business at home and the one year I made more money with my home bakery that I did personal training, that's when I decided it's time to go. I also had, was getting really bored with personal training and I just knew it wasn't for me anymore. And it was time, you know, you know, when it's time, but it's scary. Um, so I put my, together my business plan and had a bad personal training meeting with somebody one day. Didn't, and I went, and I yelled at her, which I never do. And I gave it to her. And I got him. I said, that wasn't about her. That was about you. It's time. And I walked in the next day and um, put in my resignation, and I hadn't signed the lease. I didn't have my loan yet. For from yeah, I didn't have the loan, but I just had. You gotta have the faith that it, if it's meant to be, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And if it did, I could have gone and gotten another job. But you know, two days later, the loan came through. Um, no, two days later, I found my space, signed the lease, and then two days later, the loan came through. And uh, yeah, forty nine years old. Holy cow, forty nine years old. <laughs> I cashed in everything oh my god so i wow. so i did i cashed in every um uh 401k i had iras yeah cashed it on. and then my mom actually I, he, she had to add a little to the pot to get the loan because mm-hmm. it's risky you know it but is. i got a nice community and then there you go so five years later we made it yeah. <laughs> so, um, a couple of things I want to pull out of the story so far, and it sounds like you had some unofficial values. Uh, did you write these things out? Like, you know, things that you needed to have from your business, like the open concept, like the sense of community being with everybody, uh, were there core values that you established early on? And can you take us through those core values? Um, well, again, community, love, um, sharing, uh, being, I think, I think being in the service industry is a, it's funny how it can sometimes be construed as being 
subservient or uh, less than those who are served. And it, it's not that way. Um, by being gracious and um, hosting, you get more back mm-hmm. in life out of that because you're giving so much. So, yeah, just um, gratitude, giving, um, meticulous service and, and production. I mean, our we don't do our day to day goods aren't really um, fancy, but you know, just it's always it's always good. It's just something that's not. We don't cut corners. We don't, you know, just to make more money. We don't throw, you know, more a cheaper ingredient in. So, you know, basically just being very honest, um, value-driven. We, we we appreciate good things. We want to give you good things. So, um, and just appreciating our customers because they're, they're, they're really what makes the world go round. And, and I think in return, they appreciate us. So, yeah, so just basically when I set it up, it was really set up as a, as a way to do what I love, make people happy. We always want to make someone happy. If they have a bad day, you know, we want them to walk out of paradox, you know, being just stoked that they came in. Cause we always talk to everybody too. It's not just like, Hey, here's your cookie. Bye. <laughs> you know, we try to engage. We ask people about their days and, um, yeah. So being a hub of the community and I always knew I would have to be in town and not in a parking lot somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why, is yeah, that so I knew I had to- Why is that so important for you? Um, again, community and mm. it's people who are invested in the town. So, you know, people who can just drive in, pull up and run in, get something and leave, not always as invested in, you know, you as a part of that neighborhood. And we're definitely in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's a shame we didn't get a pop over cause we were definitely a neighborhood. Um, you know, if someone said they came in on, uh, actually it was the day Brooks, Brooks and Todd came in uh, Monday and they said, uh, Somebody came and they said, you guys really are like the cheers of bakery. You know, everybody <laughs> knows your name. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned uh, this whole idea of being strategic. You're very intentional and very calculated and very strategic, but you're a strategic risk taker. Do you have a process for that? Do you have any advice? Are there any habits you have, any things you do to to calculate these risks, to go through your plan? What? How do you do that? Can you share anything with our listeners? Yeah, that's funny. That's kind of a um, – I always say it's a gut instinct, but I think um, – Kind of like that book Blink. Have you ever read the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell? I have Yeah, not. you should read that. Blink, Blink is about um, how we know things. We talked about intuition and that gut feeling. And it's really not just this woo-woo juju thing. It's paying attention to details. And as they come in, we, we process them. We take in things. And then when we see it, we know. We don't necessarily know why we know. But we know. Yeah, it's the low and, road of your mind. There's a there's a part of your mind that's always working. It's like a super processor, and it's collecting data all the time, and it's working below the radar, and it's literally connected it, to your gut. There's it sends signals to your gut, so trust that exactly. gut feeling. Exactly. Yep. So you you got all that stuff, and you're you, you're taking in, but it's also about paying attention, which is also another one of my best things: is pay attention. Because um, some people don't have that. Some people don't have it at all, and it's because they don't pay attention. They're so busy with the superficial what's going on and the things they think are important that they're not really paying attention to what is going to help them in life. So I think it's just so my process really is, is like, I'll see something or I'll think of something and I'll go, that's really interesting. Why is that interesting? And why is one of my favorite questions? Why is that? Um, and then you, you kind of take that in. You go, oh, yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. Or you see something and... Um, that goes in the in the door too, and then little by little, it, it's kind of odd. Other things will come in 
to play and they all come together and they're finally like, oh yeah, it's time. Like, I can't even really pinpoint it, but it's almost like you know when you have all the collected information, it presents itself. So whether that's, um, uh, I mean, not not unlike talking to you right now. It's like, okay, how? why am I talking to you right now? <laughs> well, it's because I opened a bakery. I have a very cool story. Um, we've continued to put things out there. Then then you know one person knows me, and it comes together. So if I were a risk taker, I'd be like, I'm not going to talk to that guy. I don't know that guy. I'm not going to go on his radio show. You know what I mean? And so... But you know when it's a good thing and when it's not. So I, Are you I saying that I'm a good thing? I did. I, I read. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but you no. so much, Jenny. That's so funny. I certainly did look and go, "Oh my god, no way! This guy's a hack. I'm not doing this." So no, it was good. It's well, funny. I appreciate uh, the kind. Yeah, of I don't have a better answer. It's, it's more like blank. It's just knowing when it's time and. Um, so when you say paying yeah, attention, definitely. you said paying attention earlier. So so far, this is what I got. You know, trust your gut, pay attention ask why, and then you'll know when you'll just know when. So what, what specific things are you paying attention to? Are you just being receptive, mindful, aware of what's going on around you? Or are there specific things that you're looking for? Well, I think, okay. So that's, I think when you look at, so you obviously monitor your, your, your production, you monitor your sales. That's always going on. That's a very cal. I mean, that's cat. It's right there. It's, you know, it's right in front of your face. So you look at those things. Um, and then you have these like little dreams that are off and, oh yeah, I'd really like to do that. Or wouldn't that be great if, so you, you've got these kind of super, not superficial, but these constructs that are <clears throat> dreams that aren't really constructs yet, but they're floating around. So you, you look at your, you pay attention to how your people are working. You pay attention to their demeanors, critically so. You pay attention to your customers as they come in, you listen to them. I, I I'm, not going to people or, you know, one of people, your customer's favorite lines are, you know what you should do. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I do. And then you leave it at that because everybody's got their opinion, yeah. right? Of what you should do. So, but you listen, always, always listen. And then you filter that. And then, then, then you watch and you're like, oh yeah, we could do that now. So when certain flow happens, maybe you don't have as much work because it's not wedding season right now or whatever. And you go, okay, now, now we can try this. Mm. And so then you, you see that in there and it's time. Um, maybe it's time to, to, you know, push the limits of a different aspect of your business. I've still got probably two parts of my business plan I haven't even done yet, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But, you know, space, time, you know, you just can't. If you, do, if you diffuse it too much, then you, you're going to suck. But that's a good point, too, though. I feel like a lot of people feel like they need to get everything that's in their business plan ready to go on day one. And why is that a problem? Well, yeah, because you, you don't know how the rest of it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I totally, I mean, it's, and I, I know that these two other things that I can do are totally going to be great revenue sources. But if I can't do them right, I'm not going to do them. Yeah, because what happens you know? if you don't do them right? Then, you know, then you can even diminish the rest of your, mm-hmm. what you're doing already based on that. So, and I'm a slow and steady person. Um, I believe in horoscopes or just astrology, but I'm, I'm Taurus, which is very, but I'm also, I have like uh, Aries from Moon Rising, which Aries is like, whoosh, and Taurus is really slow and steady. So I feel like, you know, if you believe it or whatever, but it, it does Taurus, kind of make sense because that's how I, when, I, when I'm ready to go, I go, but don't push me beyond when I'm ready to go. Is Taurus September? 
starts with May, April and May. We're oh, the bull. Okay. We're like, plod, plod, plod. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aries is like the fastest. But anyway, but that's how I, I like watch, watch, watch. And then, then it's like, go. And we rock it. Beautiful. Um, man, what do we want to talk about next? So let's actually talk about the process of opening your bakery, um, this cafe. What were your biggest struggles? Look, reflecting back five years oh. ago. Like take us oh through God. those big struggles. Those big struggles. It was I've never done this before, Eric. So okay. <laughs> I mean, I was a teacher, I was a personal trainer, I baked in, but I had never run a restaurant. So um, you know, it's all good. I had I had the vision of what it was supposed to look like. Um, Which we covered. Yeah. The the community open, uh like those things. So keep going, sorry. Yeah, you yeah, you know, you pick up and then you have to pick out your house. It's going to work. What's it going to look like? You know, I picked out colors for the the cafe. And then the lady who did my logo was like, oh, my God, you picked out cold, like, colors. And so she changed that. So that she was right. You know, I had picked <laughs> out, like, blues. And stuff. Anyway, she picked out these other colors. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, the upfitting, it was just like, you know, there was the guys that were doing the um, upfitting I wasn't used. To, I had not really developed my. Um, Wait, do, do you mind if we answer. do you mind if we dive into that real quick? The 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 advice on the colors you pick. I feel like there might, there might be a lesson in that. So, what colors yeah, did you pick? She, well, I picked out. Um, I'm like a sage green. Uh, the the blue I picked out stayed. It was like a charcoal blue, sage green, and cream. So it looked really. It was really pretty together. But Stephanie, um, she had she went to Harvard Graduate School of Design with my brother and. Um, so I got the family rate on that. But anyway, she did, she's perfect. She goes, you need warm and fighting colors. And she was absolutely right because my shop has just got like two-story high ceilings and all this iron and everything. And it would have been cool and uninviting. So I did. I, I trusted her. I said, you know what? You know better than I do. Mm. And, and it's true. Well, so she had done restaurants before, so she knew. So I was just picking colors I liked. Okay, so so there are some lessons here, some deeper lessons. First, what I want to kind of, I mean, there's always the colors mean something. Colors communicate certain things. Oh, yeah. So don't go necessarily what with what what you like, but really be intentional about what your colors are communicating to your your guests. What are the what's going to be the effect of the colors that you use? So you have to really consider exactly. that. Exactly. So what colors exactly. did you end up going with, and what what do those colors communicate? Yeah, so warmth, warmth, uh, invitation, cozy. So the um, there's a lot of black ironwork in the building. It's uh, beautiful windows with black. And then uh, she said you need an orange, oranges and reds, mm-hmm. um, I and yellows. And I can't stand yellow. <laughs> it's like my favorite color. But I ended up with a. She gave me a happy medium. It was called Adventure Orange, and it's a very light, warm yellow orange but it, it worked i was like oh she's like you do like yellow you just there's certain yellows you don't like mm-hmm. which she was right mm-hmm. i said you're right i like that yellow and then there's a a deep red like a tuscan red so they're all very warm and then this blue ceiling uh, my brother who was an architect told me that the the ceiling's important because it had good um structure like there was a lot of form he said if you paint the ceiling black you're going to lose the shadow and you're going to have a flat ceiling. He said, but you've got great structure up there now. So paint it like a charcoal gray or some kind of blue and you'll still be able to see the form, which mm-hmm. is another thing. See, I would have never. And he also um, came down one day to walk through the shop and go over my vision with me. 
And we walked across the street to look at my shop, and he said, what do you see? And I said, oh, my God, I see a beautiful building with lots of windows. And I'm, like, being low, low, low. He goes, no, you're closed. And I said, what do you mean? He said, look, you're closed. And he was right. There was Because of the reflection of the sun on the window, it was dark inside. Mm. Hmm. I never would have made your thoughts. So he got me to put lights closer to the front of the window so you could see that it was open. That's so cool. little things like that, yeah. you know? So the, the big Fascinated. lesson, like the less obvious lesson is know your lane and know the strengths and weaknesses of those who you're surrounded with. Because you, you need to know when to listen. You need, you need to know when to get out of the way and listen to other people who know what they're talking about and not necessarily be so strong headed all the time. Uh, any reflection yep. on that? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pretty good at listening to people. I, I'll tell you flat out. If I respect you and you're, you, I know, you know more that I will listen, but it, it's when, um, I know, I don't like it when people tell you that they have no respect. I don't know. So yeah, I definitely, I'm all for listening to people who know better and I respect and, um, yeah, I'll do that from the, you know, mechanic up to whoever. And my sugaristas, the girls that work for me, and I have one guy right now, but we always say the girls, um, I listen to them too. I don't, you know, they, every, they'll come up with great insights and, um, I I don't always act on them right away, but I tell them, I'm like, I, I always listen. I always listen. It might take a while for me to um, kind of really embrace things, but I don't poo-poo things, you know? Mm-hmm. I wait, I listen, I, again, I sit on it. I sit on it and mold it and see how it evolves into the bigger scheme because it's always about the bigger scheme. It's not this one little thing. It's how does that one little thing fit into the big scheme? You know, I had a girl today goes, hey, can we do rolled cookies? I was like, okay, sure. Do you want to roll another dough? Do you want to have to roll another dough? And they're like, and I go, well, there you go. That's my point. <laughs> if you can roll dough and make some money, and it's a great addition, but if it's just going to create more work without a big return, do you guys want to do it? And then they're like, eh, not really. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And that's a really cool way of saying no, but not coming out and saying no. It's like, okay, I hear you. And have you considered this? And is, is that worth it? Are you willing are you, are you willing? willing? Are you willing to do this? No, that's, that's what it always comes down to. I said, are we willing to do this? Because here's the thing. We don't have enough storage space. You have to look at storage space. You have to look at the amount of time it's going to take away from it. Do you have to buy another ingredient? Because, again, if you have to buy another ingredient, we don't have storage space for it. So all those things, I said, you know, anytime you make a decision, it's not just a cut and dry decision. It's this whole string of things. Where are you going to put it? Who are you going to buy it from? How much time do we have to hire more people to do this? Who's going to, you know? So, yeah, it's, um, there's a checklist that you go down before you, you know, we sell two sizes of coffee because we don't have room for, you know, five sizes. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, I said, you want small or large, bigger, because people order a medium. I'm like, oh, no, 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 bigger, little. You have to make a decision here. This is about making a decision. <laughs> no happy CMs. you got to decide. And people just kind of look at me and then I go, no, actually, it's because I don't have storage space. <laughs> it's always a good story. At first, I'm like, no, we make you make a decision. 
I'm like, no, it's really just because I don't have room for more cups. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so we're at 40 minutes of recording time right now. And All right. I want to ha- give you the floor for like the next 10 minutes. So just oh, give us some, just give us some bombs of knowledge, Jenny, some things, you know, to be true, things, you know, that have contributed to your success, things you've done, ways you operate, like just, I don't know, like mentor rays of knowledge onto us right now. If you can, I, I don't know where the hell I just came up with that saying, but yeah, I know. I like show. that. Mentor <laughs> of knowledge. I don't know if that's going to be your new catchphrase. Mentor rays of knowledge. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I think you can do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's let's see. Let's start with people. It always starts with people because you can't do it by yourself. So I've always had very good luck with people coming. I've only had to advertise for employees once and it didn't work well and I didn't even really need to, but I, I might've had a moment of kind of like, Oh, angst. And I actually put a ad in the paper and, um, had two responses, didn't hire either one of them. They were hideous. Um, and the next day somebody showed up. So I always kind of put it out there that we need somebody. I will not hire someone just to fill a hole because it's not worth it because if they're not exactly what I think will fit into paradox and our already incredible staff, then it's, it, I would rather work twice as hard myself until we get somebody who's really good. So that's a willingness to step up. And it, it, it's a bit of a protection of the staff and, and myself and paradox, because we have had people who weren't really um, as great as we would have liked them. And they're, they all have all eventually left, but um yeah, so I interview people, and when I when I meet them, it's not I don't really care if they have an ounce of baking experience. That I want to know: Do you know how to work? What's your work background? And if these people have been, you know, they've oh, I've been in school, I study, and I'm like, eh, no, do you know how to work? Um, can you check your ego at the door? Because when you come in here, this is not about you. It's not about me. It's about the process, and it's about paradox and about what we're about. So if you can come in and um, jump in and just you be helpful, be a good listener, be a good communicator, but it's not about you. So if I correct you, I'm not correcting you. I'm correcting the process. So we're very, very, um, very good about conveying that, that, hey, and I'm a direct, when I'm, in, when I'm a chef and I'm on the floor and I'm a chef, I am very direct because I believe in the military um, kind of, line of communication, the less you say, the better. <laughs> if you give too many details, something's going to get um, lost in the details. So we're very quick. Um, we all communicate very clearly, you know, uh, repeating directions. It's a great learning process. Um, I come from a teaching background, so it's very important when I teach people, I teach them why, because mm. I think you need to know why. Mm-hmm. Don't just tell me. to. Do- I told one of my French chefs in Cordon Bleu, um, he told me to do something. I said, you know, why? I said, in French, I said, well, why? And he came back. He yelled at me. He was like, you don't ask me why. And then later on, I I said, and I did, I do speak French. Not no, not so much now, but, you know, later on, I told him, I said, you know what? I said, I'm paying you a lot of money to teach me why. I said, so, you know, I'm not your employee right now. I'm a student. And I would like to know why so that I can understand it and I can, you know, and he came back later. And um, after that, 
that he would always come up to me during he'd say, Hey Jenny and he would tell me why. Even if I didn't ask after that point. Mm. So I try to do that with my student and because if you understand why, then it's not just this rote reflex. Mm-hmm. It's a thought process. And then people will slow down yep. and they will go, Oh yeah, wait a minute, why why am I doing that? And then they go, Oh yeah, this is why. So I think that's really very, very important. But but people again, you know, the happier your people are and we work our butts off, Eric. I mean Last week, those girls, nobody could leave for 12 hours. <laughs> but I said my greatest gift at the end of the day was they all stayed and they were all in good mood the whole time. And that to me, because they were working together and it was the most beautiful thing yeah. that I heard. I think that that nugget you just dropped on us, that mentor ray of nugget, there, there was ray. <laughs> Maybe I should just drop that. I'm just going to drop that. But yeah, yeah. the importance of understanding why is so important. Uh, people, it's the difference between you just thinking I'm not doing it well or you coming down on me or you correcting the process, like you said. And when people understand why there's a certain way to do everything, then you are, then you are correcting the process, not them. And I th- that's a really, I mean, that's exactly what you said. I'm just regurgitating what you said, but yeah, I want to put emphasis on that. Uh, it is huge. And, um, great stuff. Anything else? So, so far we just, you just mentioned the power of it's all about the people, uh, don't hire anyone to have those standards, making sure people check the ego at the door, knowing we're all there for one reason. And just the whole idea of correcting processes, not correcting people. And that starts from showing them why, uh, what mm-hmm. else can you drop on us before we move to the speed round? Yeah. I mean, I just, just again, you and I talked about this earlier. It's, um, it, it's probably, it's the hard running a restaurant. the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. Um, but it's such a joyful thing. My parents still ask me, they're like, you know, I'll be exhausted beyond, beyond exhaustion. They're like, are you happy? I'm like, I am happy. Why? I love what I do. Why are you happy? Because I get to do what I love. I get every day I get to go and, um, I get to serve people. I get to see these amazing customers who come in. I got to work with great people who are just, you know, it's joy. I mean, everybody it's this joyfulness that I get to share every day and I get to, make people happy, mm. you know, which makes me happy and doing what I do. So, but it's hard. I mean, it's, you know, ordering and, um, I could always probably use more people, but you know, there's limits to that too. So, but it, it's always, we've grown a lot and, um, yeah, it's, again, it's willingness. I'm, I'm still willing. I'm still willing at 54 years old to, to kill myself. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, but I mean, how, how many people I, I get to do what I love? Yeah, I, I've chosen to do what I love. I have chosen to do what I love, and it requires a lot of work. But I don't care. What is it exactly that you love? What do you love about this work? Mm-hmm. I can make cookies. <laughs> I can make <laughs> to eat it, and um, I don't know. It's just my thing. I guess it's uh, it's a collective. It's really. I'm, I must have like. I say I'm undiagnosed ADD, but whatever, because I like to do so many different things. So this job allows mm. me to use every aspect of my being and my brain because I have, I love to clean. I mean, I have no problem with that, but you know, it's, um, I get to organize, I get to plan, I get to create, I get to execute those creations. And that, that's not just a, you know, even production's a creation and how does this work better? You know, I'm always like, yeah, this is a couple of things I always say to myself. 
if something's too slow, I'm like, yeah, this is too slow. We're not doing it right. It's taking too long. Or somebody will do something. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And so I like to make sense of things so that they, they flow correctly. Um, yeah, I get to I get to make insanely beautiful cakes and weddings and, you know, beautiful pies and, um, good soups. And, and then I get to go home and answer emails and talk to people and, but then I also get to pay bills, which isn't my favorite thing to do. But, but you know, you got to take a little bit of the good I'm happy to be able to pay my bills. How's that? Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. So, so can, yeah. Can you reflect on a time where you failed? Oh my God, I fail every day. Okay, so take us through a major failure you had, a time where you made the wrong call, you did the wrong thing. Oh yeah. Take us through that failure. Let me think. Is it good? Let me think of a really good. Um, I, I guess that there's a couple. Um, God, a big failure. I think, I think at the beginning, one of the failures I, I had that I learned quickly was I, having been there, I didn't, I wasn't present enough. I thought other people would just kind of be me and I hadn't engendered, I hadn't developed my, um, my, my, my vision enough. Like how, how is this, how are we supposed to treat our people? How is this? So I hadn't done that well enough. And then I had people who worked for me who, you know, there was a lot of, everybody wanted to do their own thing. So I, I feel like I was, I can't feel it was a failure, but I certainly had a huge learning curve in that and um, asserting my own voice and being okay with it. And um, I think that's how over the years I developed, uh, it dawned on me and I developed that, that, hey, it's not about us, it's about the process. Mm-hmm. And once I came to that conclusion within myself, that, that became very easy. I think what you're talking it, about, it is, it's, sorry, it's, it sounds like you're talking about the mission, what? the mission of Paradox Basery and, and not, everybody needs to know why you're there, not just to make pastries or cakes or pies, but the greater the greater good, the greater mission. And until everybody mm-hmm. knows what that greater mission is, and it's up to you, the owner, to define and it specify is. what that mission is. And you got to make it sure is. everybody's totally. pulling in the same direction. And that's what the mission does. It makes it gets everybody on the same page, pulling in the same direction. And, and, totally, you're absolutely, yep. And is that what you failed and to do? Getting people on? Yeah, I did. I totally, I totally failed that at that. And, um, you know, and also too, I let, other people go, well, it should be like, and I would go, okay, well, yeah, let's try that. And then even though I kind of was like, yeah, I don't think that's right. Um, but I learned to assert myself and that was a big failure. And then, um, oh my gosh, what was the other one? I'm trying to think of a, I probably, it just seems like every day there's, if any, you know, every day there's little failures, every day there's successes. Um, you know, I told the girls last week, last, last Friday, I mean, I was like, you know, you're good. We couldn't have done this because of the way everybody's working now. It's, uh, I have half the staff I have now that I started with and we're doing 10 times as much. Wow. And that's the process, you know, and um, another failure. Yeah, I had, a, um, I had tried <laughs> to do one. I, I had the wrong date and it, anyway, they made it to the wedding, but I had made these pies on a, I was still working on out of my house and, um, had all the pies ready for this wedding. And it was, this was years ago, six years ago, seven, eight years ago. And, um, I'm talking to my mom on the phone. A phone call rings in. I don't answer because I don't recognize the number. <laughs> I call this. I listen to the voice on this woman. Goes, hello. This is um, so and so from this winery. It's, this is what time it is. We're wondering when you're delivering the pies. And this English woman, I was like, oh my god. So I had the day and the date, the right date, but the wrong day. 
and the um, bride didn't catch it. And that's, that's actually their job too, is to look over the contract. Anyway, so I did, I did make it, but um, 9.30, 9 o'clock at night with the um, pies, I was mortified. <laughs> well, But I made it. They, nobody was concerned. They were at the winery. They're like, oh, it happens. And they were like, oh, going, oh my God. Was <laughs> well, anyway, thank was you for getting scary. open and honest there. I appreciate it. This has been a great conversation up to this point. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Ever since episode number one, Restaurant Unstoppable has been tracking the most recommended technologies from our past guest mentors, and Toast is at the top of that list. With Toast, you get online ordering, gift cards, loyalty, labor, sales reporting, ELO, kitchen-grade monitors, and handheld tablets to empower your staff. That's right. No more traffic jams at the POS system. Toast customers have experienced a 20% increase in revenue via improved throughout, 3x increase in tips from digital signatures, and a 50% increase in online ordering after switching to the Toast platform. Recently, Toast received 101 million dollars worth of investment and they're celebrating by giving away two million dollars worth of hardware to new customers who sign up with toast before the end of september or until supplies last to get your free hardware head over to pos.toasttab.com slash unstoppable 2017 or click the banner in the show notes you need to use my links Whether you're hiring a line cook, server, host, or manager, hiring is a time-consuming endeavor. However, there is a little-known way to lower your cost per hire. It's called WOTSI, or Work Opportunity Tax Credit. By hiring qualified workers from certain target groups such as veterans, SNAP recipients, and individuals living in empowerment zones, you can potentially receive thousands of dollars in tax returns. Hire Me is all about maximizing employer effort and Watsi is one great way to do just that. If you want to be guided through the Watsi process every step of the way, visit restaurantsunstoppable.hireme.com. That's Hire Me, H-I-G-H-E-R-M-E. And if you contact hiring me about Watsi services for a limited time offer, you will receive three months of free hiring software. Get on it. All right. We are back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success, Jenny. Consistency and steadiness consistency and steadiness. It's that Taurus in you, huh? The- yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest weakness? Oh, oh, probably working too hard, working too much. Probably. Honestly. How's that hurt? But I don't think there's anything I can do about, um, I just, I give it all. Sometimes I get too worn out, but I think that's my weakness. I don't know. I get that. Working um, too much or, um, I don't know. Um, you need that assembly of work-life balance. I'm better at it, but, um, yeah, let's say that. That's probably it. Work-life okay. balance is probably my, yeah. And with what is one piece of advice you have for leading others? For meeting others? Leading, being uh, leadership. Oh, leading others. Set by example. I mean, absolutely be willing, be present, be... Um, Open-minded, um, steady, grateful, 
Yeah, absolutely. Just you be what you want others to be. Absolutely. hundred percent. You be what you want others to be. I love that. And what is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? Oh yeah. Again, that willingness thing. Are you willing? Are you willing to be part of the team? Are you willing, you know, are you willing to do, are you willing to take stretch out? Are you willing to do the dishes? Cause we do all of that. I'm the boss. I do dishes. If the boss can do dishes, you can do dishes because I think that's the most important job in the restaurant, but it is. It's like I ask people what they're willing to do. And if you're, you tell me straight up front, because if you're not, you're probably not going to get hired. All right. I love it. Uh, what is your current challenge today? The biggest challenge that you're dealing with today? Um, just meeting the demands of our production schedule during um, wedding season because it's about four times what we normally do, um, getting through that and uh, keeping my staff healthy and happy. So getting as much done as we can without, um, you know, killing each other, getting upset about anything, which is very steady. So okay. keeping everybody for. So how do you keep that morale up? What's a trick that you can share with us? What's one thing you do that you can share with us to help keep that morale up when things get tough? Well, again, I think it, it comes down to the box. So when I show up, um, I, you know, we greet each other. We play great music. Um, you got to keep it light while you keep going. So, you know, we work and we're focused. Um, I'm definitely the person who is the ringleader, but I don't complain. There's no, absolutely no reason. We, we always remind ourselves that we're very thankful that we have the business that we have. But, you know, keep a good attitude and, hey, you guys are doing great, really. You're, you know, let's go, keep going, can't get up yet. And um, But I stay too, and I'm. they know that I'm not going to leave them in the lurch. I'm, I'm going to stay till the end too. Which, um, you know, some bosses don't. They're like, this is what you guys got to do. And then they check out. That's, that's not a good thing. Because <laughs> yeah. then they feel like they're being pissed on, you know. It's like, well, I, they don't care. So why should I? But they know I care. And they do. Mm. So let keep it light and let your people know you care is what you do to keep that morale up. Yeah. I got their backs. They got mine. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What is one thing besides food, pastries, cakes, pies, all of the goodness that you serve. What's one thing you do well besides one of those things that separates you we from make, other yeah. people? Uh, well, our t- artistic cakes that we do for one thing, I know that's not the positive, but we do pretty insane, um, especially in our area. We can, you know, we can do really beautiful kind of sculpted cakes or whatever, but you know, I also believe too. So even though I love sweet bread, we do incredible soups. That we make our own house made soups. They're lean. <laughs> soup should be lean, mean, and just really good for you. What's one so that thing you can eat a pastry? I love that your soups are awesome. I love a hearty soup. But what's oh. one thing besides food that you do, oh. like operationally, service wise? What oh. do you do aside from food or beverage that separates you from? Oh, uh, just I think my personality. I I love people, and I'm genuinely interested in in other people and what they're doing and what they contributed to life. And it, it fascinates me. And I, you know, my staff the same way. I, I delight in listening to my staff talk to our customers because I'm like, God, they are so, they're such delightful people. Um, a customer will ask something and I'll hear, I'll hear my, my sugaristas go, of course. Well, I, that's no problem. And they're so, they're genuinely um, happy to help these people or to serve them. And it comes through. So I think it's just the personality of um, service and gratitude, great gratitude that we get to do what we get to do. And, um, you know, we, we truly like the people that come in 
to our shop. And um, we we have good energy. We have good juju, is what I tell everybody. It's real. We have really good juju. You need to check out, uh, uh, of course, I'm going to start to say Sarah. Oh, man, hold on. What? Are you, what are you? Oh, man, it reminds me of a book I just read, The, the Power of Real Energy. Uh, I just... It's about it's about energy. I mean, the entire universe is just this flow of energy that boosts around, and um, you know, you attract into your life. I mean, I do believe in the law of attraction and quantum physics and that whole stuff and parallel universes. I do think we're just a whole bunch of energy that swirls around, and you know, you attract to yourself Absolutely. what you put out. Yeah, you yeah. do. Actually, I'm sitting here looking. So I have my book stacked up so I could get my computer high enough. So I'm looking here. My bottom book is Keith Richards' Life. <laughs> Then the next one you should look up is called Vital Signs. Have you heard of that book? I haven't. It's called. It's an, It's about the nature and nurture of passion. It's a fascinating book. But Vital Signs by Greg Lavoie, and then I have a Tom Robbins book on top. Fierce Envelope, Envelope Time from Hot Comments. Anyway, yeah, look up Vital Signs. I think you'll like it. It's it's really fascinating. So you need to read Vital Signs and Blink. Blink's a really little book by Malcolm Gladwell, and I think you'll love. Yeah, you'll like it. It's a quick Happy. read. So it's it's funny. It's like you knew I was about to ask you the next question, which is what's one book that's a must read to become a better person or restaurant owner. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just vital answer signs. those questions. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll get in there, there and man, maybe in the outro, I'll uh, get my act together and uh, I'll finish what I was trying to think of. Uh, I'll, I'll think of what was her name. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> it's so bad to me. Oh man, it will come to me as soon as I stop trying to think about it. It will send you. You, you can get my email. You can always email to me. Right? What's it called though? Uh, What's it called? I, it's, I can't even remember. I'm drawing such a blank and it's, it's so frustrating because I really enjoyed the book too. Uh, right. And I had the author on the show. <laughs> yeah. Your secret thing. Oh, just edit it out. Your secret thing. I'm such a knucklehead. Me. Maybe I'll just keep it in here as punishment. Um, to, to not having my shit together. Okay. With all, yeah. <laughs> with what's one technology uh, that ha- you've adopted recently within your cafe that has had a positive impact on operations, communication, efficiency, anything? What's one thing that gets you really excited? Yeah, this is going to be so lame, but everybody's just going to laugh when they hear this. But um, we got Square in the shop in January. But before then, we had this arcade cash register machine that was just a nightmare. And um, I don't know why it took me so long to get Square. I have I have no, I, I can't tell you. But it's been great because just the, it's revolutionized my invoicing and tracking sales and all that. And mm-hmm. yes, it's Square. Lame, just little old square. <laughs> so why did you go with square? What was it about square that made you go with that platform? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it's kind of funny cause we, I've talked to, I don't need a back of the house. Like I don't need a computer system that sends an order back into the background. We're, every, we're, we're straight off the rack. Running. So we didn't need anything that was too incredibly high speed or wired in. So it was not expensive for what we got. Um, it was, it, comparable with the credit card processing before it was less than I was little less than I was paying before. Plus you got all the analytics. Um, and it just makes it easier for us to change prices and everything. when we have to, the other, the series of the cash that we had was, I mean, it was pitiful. It was just not good. So <laughs> anyway, that little old square has truly revolutionized my life. Beautiful. Um, so with all the knowledge you have now, Jenny, if you could go back in time to when you were opening 
paradox pastry and you could just give yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? Oh yeah. Um, again, it goes back to people and just, um, trust your, trust your instincts, know that you're right and assert yourself without being, um, you know, just assert yourself. I think a lot of times I, I think I had in my head that being assertive was being bitchy, um, which is a, you know, which, which isn't true. <laughs> it's just like, so just know that I'm now that I know why I had to change again, it, it goes from being not correcting people, but correcting the process. And now that I know what that was all about, then I can, I can definitely do it again and it would be so much smoother. Beautiful. And is there anything we didn't, get to discuss today that you'd like to discuss right now before we wrap things up? Um, yeah, I mean, just stay, stay centered, stay centered, do what you do. Um, know that don't watch the other person. Sure. There's lots of other people doing, you know, restaurants popping up all the time, but just do what you do. Well, stay focused on you and your people and your product. And, um, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't try to do what everybody else is doing. If you, especially, if you, and, and only do what you're passionate about. You know, I, I hate cupcakes. <laughs> so, so we don't make cupcakes because I, I don't feel like I put joy in them. We, we'll make them for weddings, but you know, so do what you love. Do, you know, anything else that's done half, halfway is just not worth doing. So if you can't put yourself full, fully into something, don't do it. Beautiful. Don't do it. Beautiful. I love it. We wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who's one independent uh-huh. restaurant operator, cafe operator, somebody you admire in the industry, somebody ah. you love to hear from on the show? Who should I get on the show? Yeah, that's in Charlottesville, man. There's, um, that's a really good question. Oh, you, I wish I would have known this before. Um, gosh, who's... Um, Moss Ray Hall, <laughs> Jerry Newman's a baker. Oh God, now I'm just forgetting like so many people. Oh, uh, Gay Berry, Gay Berry, she's awesome. She's something else. She runs a catering company in Charlottesville. She's uh she's pretty stellar. Gay Gay Berry. Um, I think you would have fun with her. She's she's awesome. What's her she's last been name? in the business for Berry B E E R Y. But um, God, Charlottesville's just busting at the seams. Of, oh, man, um, it's ridiculous. I had such a blast. Incredible. I know, and that's why I'm just kind of caught up, and I'm like, oh, no, I, there's just people out there that I know I'm, I should be like. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, while you think of that, I'll let you know that um, the name of the book was called Contagious Culture. It was right in front of me the entire time. I forgot I had it over here. I was looking over behind me. But Aeneas Kavala, Contagious Culture, and it's all about the energy that you bring to the situation and what your energy, how it affects other people. And it's real. It's real. It's a great book. Oh, it is. She was a guest on the show. Totally, totally, 100%. Well, before we let you go, I have to let the listeners at home know how can we connect with you? How can we help them connect with you if they want to follow you on social media, email you, uh, maybe they want to come work for you. What's the best way to connect? Oh yeah. So email at paradox pastry info at gmail.com. I process everything through there from, um, you know, requests for food and catering to, um, employment. Um, if you're a good person and you can work hard, I would love to hear from you. And you have to, um, you have, to be, you have to be willing. 
got to be willing. No baking experience. Um, I'll train you my way or the highway for baking. Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, Paradox Pastry uh, on Facebook, and also Instagram. Um, that's the best way to get a hold. I'm not always great at social media. Sometimes I get busy. I drop the ball a little bit on that. But uh, people still come in. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you, Jenny, you. sharing your story, sharing your advice. You are, there is no questioning, unstoppable. Uh, thank, thank you so much. We'll cut it there. What a great episode with Jenny Peterson. Thank you so much for joining us today and tons of little nuggets in this one. I think the big lesson for me is that, you know, it takes a lot to be successful in this industry and you need to be all in. So don't do anything that you don't like really, because if you're not all in, you're not going to be the best at it. And then it's not worth doing great lesson there. And just the idea of, uh, it's never too late to start. Um, not to age Jenny, but you know, she didn't start early off. I think it was in her mid forties when she got started. And a lot of people will think about that and say, you know, this is a, a young person's game and I don't have the endurance. I don't have what it takes, but Jenny proved that you can, you know, it's not, it's not too late. You can be successful if you come up and just own it and mean it and have that tenacity, that, that burning hunger in your stomach to, to, to pull it off. You can pull it off. And man, so many great little nuggets in here. What else did I learn? I think another big lesson is that idea of um, starting where you can. Uh, Jenny didn't start with the brick and mortar. She started doing, you know, she started working for another bakery and then she started doing little side hustles, little side gigs, getting her name out there. Uh, She was side hustling with the athletic training and just making her presence known and getting her brand out there and start wherever you can. You don't have to shoot for that massive operation straight out of the gates. I think that gets a lot of people in trouble. They underestimate the overhead, the the expenses that come with paying your people and uh, just the operational expenses. You know, there's, there's blind sides around every corner and start small, stay cash heavy, scale into that dream operation uh, and then it continued to scale, never stop improving. And what else did we come up today? Uh, correct processes, not people, I think was the saying. And that's great advice. Uh, if, if somebody's not doing something right, there's a, a broken process. So uh, correct their process of whatever they're doing or correct the process in general. But don't correct people. People don't like being corrected. Uh, I think that was a little great piece of nugget right there, too. And Man, this thing was just littered with little bombs left and right. Thank you so much, Jenny. And like always, guys, please do reach out to me. Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable is my email. That's Eric with a C. Eric Cacciatore on Twitter and Instagram and slash Restaurant Unstoppable on Facebook. Tell me who you want to hear from. Who do you admire? Who is killing it in your community? Who's the person everybody looks up to? Put them on my radar. I'll get them on the show. We can hear their story. Learn together. If I don't have somebody you want to listen to, maybe you want to listen to a a specific topic, I can find that somebody who's a master of that topic. We can learn together. So uh, please do connect with me. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They help so much. And I can't leave without saying thank you guys all so much for listening and showing up and supporting the show. I love you all. Until next time, peace out.